Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast is Khalil Wanda from Highlander Sound in the building. And I'm Agard. What up, people? Thanks for tuning in once again. Give thanks. Really appreciate your support and your listenership. And as such, we have a special bonus episode for you today. Surprise. Nice quarantine treat. Our bonus episode features an interview with a Jamaican artist fresh on the scene right now by the name of Tessellated. I actually have a problem with saying these things are interviews. Like, I feel like we're having conversations with people, you know, like a lot of these quote unquote interviews is like question and answer. I feel like a lot of these are conversations, man. And that's that's the beauty of the regular over podcast. So, you know, I really enjoyed this conversation with Tessellated. Definitely had a nice reasoning with the brethren. Glad to be a part of the movement that's putting him on right now, introducing him to new listeners. And hopefully everybody will be checking out his new music. Yeah, so check out this conversation with Tessellated. And we're sitting down today with one of the newest artists on the scene, making ways out of Kingston JA. That's the man, Tessellated. What's going on, brother? Yo, blessings from blessings from being good. Excited to be here. Excited to talk to you guys. And you're done now. So you are part of the Pine and Ginger Trio. <laughs> Fox, yes. <laughs> that song, like everybody knows that song. That song has gone so massive, you know, globally. It might still be building <laughs> in certain places around the world. Yeah, definitely. It's got 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 holy attraction, you know. That was really the first song um that put me on the scene. And I mean, even nowadays it's just one of those like it's still a thing that like you know, it's still like consistently like growing and people still going back and listening to listening to it. So I'm super grateful that super grateful that, you know, that this is, I could make something that was genuine to my sound uh that people all around the world could really appreciate. So as a DJ, first of all, I still you know that song is always going to be in my in my in my set especially you know what i'm saying on some daytime vibes but i actually didn't know that that you were jamaican i thought it was an afro okay. beat so, facts facts you know, facts when i first heard it you know, i've heard a couple of different things from different people like somebody told me they thought it was like a cuban thing right um i've heard afro mm. um some some people said they thought it was like a it's like a south florida thing but yeah, I think it's because you know it has it has that kind of fusion vibe in there, and but I think the reality of it is that you know like dancehall and like Afrobeats are so closely intertwined that it's really just like the slight it's really like a slight difference between um, the two that like if you if somebody doesn't know dancehall or Afrobeats and you play both for them they probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference you know it's really just us that understands the nuances yeah. that say okay you know this is that and this is that. Definitely, you know, a lot of that energy. I think the, the production style is a little bit, leans a little bit more towards the Afrobeat flavor than like strictly dancehall. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of dancehall nowadays is strictly like electronic, you know, synthesizer and stuff like that. But, you know, this track, it has like some real instrumentation. Or if Even if it's not, it sounds like some like, you know, some real horns yeah. and stuff like that. And that's like a character of the Afrobeat nowadays. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think the main difference that I hear between you know the, the dancer and the Afrobeats um, nowadays is just that same thing. The Afrobeat has a little bit more musical elements, like you know you have a lot of guitars, you know, trumpets, um, and just some like 
some real like strong chord progressions and instrumentation that sometimes the dancer has a little less of. Even though, you know, you have certain things like the pine ginger and like some things that other artists have been doing that kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, man. So I listened to a few of your tracks, you know, on Spotify, doing some research, and it seems yeah. like there's some very eclectic style going on. Where do you get your inspiration or what's your musical history? My history is um, started from way back when I was young. I really started my musical journey uh, from like playing instruments. You know, I used to play drums, um, steel pan when I was much younger, like you know, three, four, five, six, seven years old. Then a little later on, early teenage years, mm-hmm. I started learning piano and guitar. And then, you know, in my late teenage years, I started picking up production and then kind of taking those instruments a little bit more seriously and then dabbling with like saxophone and trumpet. So it's, it's been a lot of like musicality at the root of it. And also just listening to a lot of different musical styles, uh, whether it be, you know, like classic, you know, reggae, old school vibes, um, but as well as like a lot of old school R&B, Motown, jazz, you know, and then, you know, have like Calypso, Soca. So there's, there's a lot of really um, varied influences from across the board that I think helped to shape my musical palette, really. Did your parents put you into formal training or did, were you just, did you go to a music school or did you just kind of pick up and start, you know, beating the drums and i think when i was younger i went to i wouldn't say like four more classes but kind of just like some like children's music vibes like you know after school kind of like music club energy um and that that was mm-hmm. definitely dope because it gave me a little bit of a foundation you know it wasn't it wasn't strict like you know you have those kids or like some prodigies like reading a bunch of sheet music and playing some back from like three years old, but it was just something that gave a foundation of like, okay, like, yo, here's how you play a drum. You know, these are like what notes are, this is what a scale is, right? Um, that even though at the time it didn't seem like it was that deep to me, and even growing up, like now I can realize just being exposed to that from such a young age, like helped to kind of ingrain the whole musical language in my brain and made a lot of things. Later on, when I really wanted to learn instruments and learn music theory and, and learn how to play, it made that a lot easier for me. I did end up going to not exactly music school, but like like audio school for university, like mixing and mastering um, type of things. I've never been to like a mm-hmm. quote-unquote like formal like music school in terms of like classical, uh, even though I have studied it like right. on my own. So Pine and Ginger got like literally millions of streams to date. Yeah. Over 20 million or something like that. Later on, you released the I Learned Some Jazz Today yes. single. And that one went to number one on the Billboard Jazz Singles chart. Yeah. Tell me how this I Learned Some Jazz Today came about. Is it like attached to pretty much what you were just talking about with the fusion of the different sounds that you were digging? Definitely. Like, you know, it's just like something I really admire with jazz. And same thing is what I love about Afrobeats too, is that, you know, there's a lot of just the, the pure like musical elements you know like there's with the instruments like going hard so i've always wanted to try fuse like those rhythms with more dancehall rhythms because i feel like you know just because like something is super musical doesn't mean you can't dance to it or just because something you can dance to it doesn't mean it, i feel like both should be able to exist together right like you can have something that's like a dope mm-hmm. composition and still, like, be able to groove to it in a party, you know? Fusing the jazz and, like, the dance hall and even, like, the reggae vibes has always been something that really interested me. So that was just one, that was one expression of that. 
And that song, that, so the original version of that song, I made while I was still in university. And I was actually like the first song I ever released as a vocalist, right? So mm. I'd released a lot of songs as a producer beforehand, but that was the first song that I released like with my own vocals on it. And it was a short, it was like, it was a clip. It was really just like a minute long. And it was later on, I revamped the song and did the new version that's currently out as a collaboration with Apple for their, for their AirPods advertisement last year. Mm-hmm. So Apple, somebody over at Apple heard the track and they reached out. Yeah, pretty much, you know, I heard a couple of tracks and they said, you know, we think one of these can fit for a project we're working on. And, you know, they, they asked me to kind of spice up some things. So I went back in and said, okay, this track, you know, I've, I've come a long way since I originally created this. I think it's a solid idea, but there's a lot of room for growth on it. So I went back in, you know, reproduced, resang the track, and um, they loved it. And then that ended up with that commercial, and that kind of helped to boost the song. Um, and I get it to like Billboard charts um, and all those mm-hmm. different things. Even more streams now than Pine and Ginger, nominated for an Emmy Award as well. Yeah, just last week. So the whole the whole project together got nominated uh, for an Emmy, which is crazy because as a musician that's not really something that's like on my checklist of like things to to try get you know like mm-hmm. everybody's like everybody tries to get the grammy but i wasn't even thinking about that as a possibility so when that popped up i was like oh damn like this is crazy but super grateful for it super excited to see maybe if we win in next month i think when did you originally start putting out music though like what what year was that i started putting out music I would say the first songs I dropped were like 2014. Mm-hmm. And those were like those were like all just like beats, right? So it's like remixes, like little just like sampling vibes. Um, so everything up to 2016 was all instrumental, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to I used to release a lot just because you know it's when you're just doing beats, like there's not as much work involved in terms of like having to record and mix and master as deep so i was just doing beats and like dropping beats every week on soundcloud and just sharing them and whatnot and then 2016 like late 2016 i started you know releasing some vocal tracks and i was still releasing remixes mm-hmm. and stuff at the time and then early 2017 i released pine and ginger and you know, that kind of launched my actual career properly kind of exposed me to the, the real like wider music industry and from that time, that's when I started saying, like, okay, like, like from Pine Ginger released, I was like, all right, I decided, like, okay, I really want to be an artist full-time as my main thing. Still produce, I still produce, it's like I produce for other people's projects and obviously I produce, like, most of my own things. Uh, but I, I stopped, in 2017, I stopped releasing, like, remixes and all these different things because I figured, you know, I need, to, I need to choose a lane for myself and stick to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, since then I've just been working on my artist career, and this I honestly haven't dropped a lot of music in that time period uh, because I've really been figuring out exactly sonically where I'm going, and I wanted everything to live up to a certain standard, especially because I was exposed to such a wide audience all of a sudden. You know, coming from just dropping beats on SoundCloud mm-hmm. to all of a sudden like having this song with millions of plays when before probably the most I've ever gotten was like. 10 15,000. That's a massive jump, man. <laughs> definitely, definitely a massive jump. And it was it was a little bit scary at the time, but I'm super grateful for it and same thing, you know, the the the, 
I was able to collaborate with Apple and they gave me a side platform and put out some more things. So now I have a project that I'm releasing in um, a couple of months that kind of encompasses my whole sound. It shows a little bit of the journey of the last uh, couple of years, sonically, like where mm. I'm coming from to where I'm going. I think it just kind of gives a, a, a side picture of like who I am as an artist and like, where I'm going in the near future as well. The reason why I asked that question is because, you know, listening to some of the tracks that you have put out, it seems like you were a little bit ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's that fusion sound right now is really, really controlling it. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. Industry in a big way. I mean, even a lot of the Jamaican artists coming out right now, you know, are, are definitely doing a lot of that fusion. So, you know, I just wanted to commend you for that. You yes. know, it, yes. it's it's solid stuff. And it's definitely along the lane that, that I'm looking for, Thanks. you know. I think it's it's very contemporary. So yeah, congrats on the Emmy nomination Thank too. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. And yeah, definitely. Like I've always been about the uh, the fusion, just because. Same thing. I, I kind of just I, I I grew up listening to so many things that it was almost impossible for me in creating to to stick to one genre strictly. You know, just naturally want to blend these different sounds. I'm hearing maybe one element. I'm hearing the drums from one place, and I'm hearing the the chords from another place right mm -hmm. um but i think this project especially is gonna be it's a lot of the fusion same way like the whole thing is definitely fusion um and it's some even some different fusions that i haven't fully like expressed publicly before um so it's definitely like a lot of like cuban mm -hmm. elements um to this project a lot of latin flavor 
um, and there's some different different influences from around the place, um, but definitely along that same kind of vibe. What else can you tell us about the, this upcoming project? Sounds exciting. There's seven tracks. Okay. It's mostly so it's an EP. Yeah, right? it's an EP, not like a not like a full length album. Um, well, you know, it's it it's all right because we're winning Grammys with EPs now. Yo, so, that's the thing. You know the thing is, like for me, I feel like I would honestly like rather drop like two EPs and an album because I feel like certain like even as a listener, I, I don't, when something is too big, it just turns me off of listening to it. You get me? Mm-hmm. Like I just see somebody like sort of dropping an album and it's like thirty songs. I'm like, yo, I'm not listening to that. Straight up, <laughs> like, like, bro, that's a, that's a playlist. Exactly, like I might listen to some of them at one time, but I, I also like to digest projects as a whole a lot of the time. So I like a project that you know something is maybe like twenty to thirty minutes. Like I could listen to it on a car drive, or I could listen to it when I'm getting ready in the morning. I can digest like that whole, the whole message that the artist was trying to bring through that project and the whole feeling. But when something is like an hour and a half, it's like. It's like a feature-length film. You get me? Like I'm not, I'm not listening to that like on a daily basis. So, yeah, I definitely like short, short and sweet, mm-hmm. kind of to the point. Like you can, you can hear it, you can listen to it, listen to it back again if you want to. So that's definitely the energy um, I'm trying to go for with that. And then as soon as this one is out, like I just have a huge like backlog of music. I'm just going to be like putting out some more singles towards the end of the year, and then probably something else like project-wise before this time next year. Yeah, I like to hear that, man, because it, it sounds like you have a plan. It sounds like you, you create a lot, you know, and I like what you said about the length of of, of, of a body of work because, I mean, that's something that I haven't really thought about because um, I'm not really an a- album yeah. guy, okay, you know I what think. I mean? And it's, it, and it's probably, that's probably the reason, you know, it's like you have to commit this amount of time to, you know, really taking in the yeah. album, you know, you know, I, I obviously did that for Buju cause it's Buju, <laughs> but like, you know, there's not a lot of people that can get me to listen to an album for that long. Yeah. So yeah, I think you encapsulated something that, you know, a lot of people are, li- are, are thinking about now, especially in the streaming atmosphere. No, hundred percent. Cause it's really a singles market for the most part, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you know, singles are amazing, but I think still, as a listener and for like those, there's always the people who are only going to listen to the singles, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's calm. Cause like, same thing, the, the majority of listeners, I would say, I said, I said the majority of people are more passive listeners, right? So mm-hmm. they'll hear music, they'll like it, they might save it, they might play back a song. They're not necessarily actively looking out like, okay, I want this, 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 this sound, right? Yeah. But there are also those people and those people those are the diehard fans that are really going to even fund more of your career than the passive listeners, in my opinion. Because those are the fans that are really going to come out to concerts. Those are the ones that are going to buy merch, that they will buy the physical vinyl if you drop it. Those are the ones that will buy the t-shirts that will tell all their friends about the music and thing. So I think the albums and the projects are really for those listeners um, who want a deeper story, who want to, to really understand you as an artist and we like those kind of experimental tracks and yeah. not just the, the hit songs, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's also the legacy too because I, I'm trying to make music that, you know, I obviously want to be relevant now. I want to try, you know, hit some of those charts. I want to do some big shows. 
But I also want to maybe like when I'm not even here anymore for people to be able to listen back and be like, yo, this person was really an artist. Like mm -hmm. they were really saying things through their music. Cause you know, when you, when you go back and look at some older artists and you really listen to their projects and see what they were doing, it speaks volumes. And it's not just going back and listening to like that one club banger. It's like going back and listening to that experimental track that was maybe 20 years ahead of what right. anybody else was doing. I never got that much traction at the time, but, it was really just a piece of art for the people. Yeah, man. I mean, that's happening all the time, especially nowadays. You know, I know when I started DJing, that was my discovery to discover music from the 60s and 70s and stuff like that. I just want to touch on something you said earlier about the musicality of, of some of your stuff. I do DJ and I would say I found a playlist that somebody had of your uh, music on, on Spotify. And okay. I think it was about eight tracks. And mm -hmm. I think out of the eight tracks, maybe six or seven, I would play in a party. So yeah. I, I got to say, there's not many artists, you know, I, I'm not familiar with your work. So I was doing research, but I would say yeah, out, sure. out the gate, like there's not many artists that I would say that about. So uh, like, I appreciate the fact that there's so many different elements in it, but you can still vibe to it. it might, every song might not be a dance track, but you can vibe yeah. to it. You know, I'm, I'm all about the daytime lounging vibe. You know, you had a couple of things on there that, you know, one of them sounded like R&B. I can't remember the, the exact song, but it got that yeah. vibe. I, I like, uh, what was it? I think it's Hallucinate, which is the beachfront rhythm. Yeah, but it's yeah. but yeah, it's, a, it's a slow down, nice vibe. You know, I, I definitely appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah, because definitely, I, I a strong something. I have a very strong opinion about. And I guess this is this is not necessarily across the board, but for my music, mm -hmm. is that like music is is made for dancing. You get me? Yeah. Like I feel like music and dance intertwined on just like a historical level, and you know. Obviously, music goes in a lot of different directions and we expand and you, know, you have some weird, different type of stuff and that has its place. Mm -hmm. But from my music, I want that even... Not, not every song has to be like same thing, like a club song per se, mm -hmm. but I feel like for all of my music, I want... like if, if somebody is feeling a vibe to dance, like you can get up and like dance, like even if it's just a little groove. So even the songs that are like kind of chiller and not necessarily something that's like a party party vibe, I still try to 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 hold that um that kind of dance and like rhythmical element at the core of it um just to maintain that that energy of like moving with the music. So I appreciate that you like can like see that in there. And this this project even more so mm -hmm. has a lot of those elements in there with like those strong rhythms, like the percussions like really driving the song. Yeah. And then I think once you start with that same thing it's easier to add in a lot of different elements and even do more intricate things um, because the drums and the movement are really, are really like at the core of the song and everything else is just accenting it and making it prettier. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the essence of our music, you know, drum and bass, you know? So, yeah, exactly. definitely. Exactly. So you have, um, I don't know if the track is out yet. You have a track called No Answer, right? Talk a little bit about that track. So no answer is the first first single off of my new project. It's kind of like same thing as we're talking about um, with the Afrobeats. Mm -hmm. I think it's right in the middle of dancehall and Afrobeat, both instrumentally and vocally. As it's me um, as a Jamaican and it's featuring uh, a Nigerian artist, right, called Crayon. Mm -hmm. So 
I think it kind of merges that that dancehall energy with that Afrobeat energy, which is which are already so similar. It's kind of like right to the intersection of that, mm-hmm. where you know you have those kind of Afrobeat melodies going, but you still have that more heavy dancehall bass thumping. And you know, it's it's a it's a dance track at the end of the day. It's um something that I think really will have people moving and just kind of a positive energy. I know like summer, summer is kind of a weird place this year. Yeah. But it like my hope is that through listening to that song, you can still get a little bit of that that summertime vibes through. Yeah, man, definitely. I, I heard it and I definitely like it. I have a little bit of a selfish question about the song though. Like it, sure. Is it going to be like an extended version or a remix? Because <laughs> I was listening and it felt like it, it was, it, I was in the vibe and it fi- it finished quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like I, I, no, I, feel like- I just wanted to know, is that part of the plan? Because, I mean, I, I'll just be the first one to request, you know what I'm saying? A, a little right. extended version. I mean, honestly, I definitely have, for honestly, for all the songs on this project, mm-hmm. I have remix ideas in mind. Um, and some different possibilities. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, man. But um, yes, definitely. I'm not gonna lie. As we we're talking about with 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 having the like short albums, yeah, and like short and short projects, I often tend to to lean more towards short songs. Where like I would rather somebody finish my song mm-hmm. and want to hear it again and have to play it back than be listening to it and be like, okay, I wish this could be finished already. You right, get right, me? right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, it left me wanting more because, you know, it's like, I don't know, Khalil would tell you, like this, the type yeah. of music that you're coming out with right now is like, that's my style right there. Like I, I want, because yeah. I mean, when I DJ, you know, I, I do different Latin things. I do Caribbean, Afro, you know what I'm saying? Um, Hip hop, you know, I, truly open format and this type of music i feel like even though it has its influence you know in the caribbean or influence in africa i mean it it can go so many different places so yeah i definitely appreciate that man no yeah i love to hear that i love to hear that because i think i think the truth is that nowadays a lot of people sometimes are a bit confused about like the fact you know like i'm not really sitting into one genre but the real fact is like like as you said as a as a dj you don't play one genre right Mm -hmm. And I think as listeners, nobody listens to one genre, right? Mm-hmm. So why is it that as an artist, they expect people to make one genre, right? And I think like, you know, if, you, if you're someone that listens to hip hop, you're someone that listens to Afrobeat, you're someone that listens to dancehall, then I think my music should like sit in your palette and you should understand it perfectly. So I think that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I think it's a space that like technically in people's mind exists already because they understand all these different genres and love artists from all these genres. So it's just kind of like fitting right in between all of those. Yeah, man. So who 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 are you listening to right now? Who are listening to? Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a lot of people I'm listening to still. Definitely a lot of African artists, right? Mm-hmm. So like Remo is, is one of my favorites. Kiran as well, even though like he's the homie, he's on track, but like his his own project, like he just released a new song mm-hmm. um, called Sometime and he has project, like EP that he put out from last year called Cray Cray, like, some wicked, wicked things and like super inspirational. Um, and then there's people from like the UK, like his brother called Pasalu, okay, who's like he's like almost like at the intersection of like grime and dancehall, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like those grime flows, like 
from like the UK man them like how you have like J Huss and Skept on them yeah. where it's like anything like dancehall rhythms right so it's like super interesting then you know even in the US there's like some really interesting hip hop artists doing some different different things so like, this guy named Toby Lou okay who is kind of like almost like like pop hip hop but not in a corny way mm-hmm. almost like in like a like a R&B, like kind of playful way, but still super hard. And it's just very unique. Like he has amazing visuals, just like a crazy all-around artist. Then you have like some other brother, like um, there's, there's two guys like Omar Apollo and like Dominic Fike who kind of doing like, I would say almost rock, but fused with boom back, mm-hmm. a little bit of hip hop elements. It's like that rock and roll, it's like a classic rock and roll energy, yeah. but mixed with hip hop. Cause same thing, like for them, what, what I love about those guys is like, I think they're doing the equivalent of what I'm doing for my culture. So I grew up listening to like my different influences and I'm creating like a, a fusion. Mm-hmm. They grew up listening to more on like rock and roll and thing and they're creating that fusion with hip hop. Um, right. So there's so many people all around, you know, just creating different sounds and just making some really good music. So it's holy, holy for people across the board, to be honest. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> as far as Jamaica, mm-hmm. is, is there Jamaica. anybody on your, on your, on your list over there? Cause uh, the reason why I, I ask is because obviously you're a young artist and you know, we're, yeah. we're in the States, there's different styles of music coming out. So, you know, there's a lot of like the six and stuff like that, you know, that trap dance hall, but then there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of jazzy Afrobeat, you know, R&B type stuff coming out too. So I just want to know who's on your radar, you know? All right, so let's tell you. Every again, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna list I'm gonna run through a list right now. Right? Yeah. All of these are the homies also, but I like their music is all is ridiculous. So I'm just gonna give a little description of everybody too. So yeah, man. So Zach Jones, right? He's like fusing fusing like reggae and hip hop, like old school hip hop vibes though, like like Tupac vibes, um, super like West Coast energy, crazy crazy artist you know you have Naomi Cowan she's kind of bringing that that classic classic like like real like singer mm-hmm. vibe in the Jamaican scene like to the new age right Savannah is more mm-hmm. like R&B she's, she's almost she's more of like an R&B artist than even anything regular but it still has that fusion to it Leela Ike baddest thing like she's just like that, that straight da- I wouldn't say dance it's a dance hall energy, like that bad girl energy, but same thing, like brand new sounds, mm-hmm. right? Leno Bantam, sick artist. I can't even fully describe the fusion that he does, but uh, he's bringing a bunch of new sounds. Uh, he just dropped a new single called Brown Sugar. That's crazy. Okay. Everybody don't know Coffee. Coffee is killing it. Like, Coffee is fire. Who else? Runkus, right? Crazy lyricist, right? Same thing, like at the intersection of, of, of hip hop and reggae, but like just straight bars, right? Super, super conscious, super lyrical, um, and amazing melodies as well. Jazz Elise, right? Another mm-hmm. female artist coming with like just some different sounds. And it's like what I love what I love about all these people is that because we're all the same generation, it's like we kinda we kinda all have these same influences that we're growing up with, but everybody's different, everybody kinda manifests in a different way everybody coming out with their own thing. I you know, like, like Protégé, obviously, like, 
been established, but like he's still coming, like bringing like brand new energy each time mm-hmm. he comes with a new project. Just dropped a new song with Popcorn. Um, that's wicked. Um, you have man like Baker Steez, right? Who same thing like trap, like kind of trap dancer, but more trap than dancer. Mm-hmm. Rude gems, similar energy. Nothing Chris, I don't want to leave out anybody. No, no, me? it's all good because the the reason why <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's it's good that we kind of linked up right now because we're we're in the middle of, of a conversation, I, I guess, of the times. You know, and, and we're a little bit older. So uh, <laughs> on our last episode, I kind of mentioned that it took it took a little bit for me to change my point of view as to how to listen to these new artists. Like, I think a lot yeah. of things that you're mentioning, like the, the musicality, you know, the fusion and, the, you know, a lot of different things. It took me a while to really get used to it because for mm-hmm. so many years, you know, I've been DJing two decades now. So for so many years reggae and dance so i wouldn't say it was one thing but there were certain lanes that it went down you know in terms of jamaican artists so yeah it took it took me a while till i kind of shift my perspective so it's good that we're talking to somebody right now that you know is definitely up and coming and and is is has his ear to the ground in terms of what's going on in the streets right now no i, I fully understand that still because you know it's just kind of like when you're conditioned to expect one thing it takes a while to kind of change your palette to appreciate something that's like kind of like radically different. Mm. Um, but once you do, it can be a whole new world. And I think it's dope. I appreciate also that like you're coming from a place that you're coming from the, from, from the, from the generation before and you're used to a different song, but you're also like learning to accept the new song and embrace it. Mm. Whereas I think there's a lot of people who would rather just not right they're just like you know what nah we're not with this um and i think you know at the end of the day we're going to do what we're going to do but it's really appreciated um when some people who have been doing it from before us and have been in the music from before us can come and just give support you know like it, it, it really means a lot just on a personal level to be like yo you know like you see us as young youth doing some things and are trying to to forge our own path and to to create you know, make our mark and like have our area of music and to be appreciative of that and to understand like what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll be the first to say, you know, I'm far from perfect. I have kids, you know, my youngest is four, turning five next month. So my thing right now is really to try to be more like her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm That's... like, yo, I'm trying to get in that young person's mind where, yo, you're open your mind is just open. You know what I'm saying? You're open. Yeah, to, you'll change your yeah. mind. You'll change your opinion. You'll, you know what I'm saying? Look at everything with a curiosity. So that's how yeah. I, I'm, I'm working on that for myself. You know what I mean? And so what we, you know, do, you know, as tastemakers, we want to highlight what is good. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to bashing what we don't like and Ray Ray, you know what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons that that we're talking now and we want to make sure that all the listeners know yo if you don't know pine and ginger and tessellated you know there's a lot there that you need to get up on and get ready for what's coming out next the the new project is going to be dope yeah so you know everybody i mean don't miss this you know what i'm saying don't don't get it twisted you know what I'm saying? We're glad to link up on the platform and yeah. 
Um, so as I say that, you know, in terms, we, we talked about the, the musical styles and the, the instrumentation and, you know, adding the different flavors, like the global touch. Yeah. In terms of your lyrics, you know what I'm saying? What, what do you have to say about what people can expect there? With my lyrics, I honestly just try to speak and sing about things that are true to my experience, right? So I'm not necessarily going to, I'm not going to go out and, and talk about the craziest things, right? Because things are not true. And at the same time, I try to you know, bring forth a positive message for within my music. I'm definitely not an artist who's necessarily going to always be speaking on specific issues, as you know, like certain artists specifically utilizing music to um, address like different issues in society and things, which I do want to do at, at certain times. But I think the most important thing for me is just that the lyrical content is um, positive. It's something that I can stand behind and um, something I feel like that going out there can kind of add to people's experience while listening to the music and not kind of be promoting things that I genuinely don't believe in. As I would say, yeah, even though like the definition of like, a, when people hear conscious artist, they kind of immediately think of like somebody uh-huh. definitely like speaking a whole bunch of things, but I would consider myself conscious of what I say. Like I make sure that I'm aware of everything I'm actually saying in my music and the impact that that can have on somebody listening, especially because I know that, you know, a lot of, a lot of youths listen to my music, like a lot of younger kids like really listen to my music. Um, so I want to make sure I say, okay, like, yo, if I'm, if they're listening to my music and maybe even looking up to me and I don't even realize how much this can impact them, I need to make sure that anything I'm saying is honestly like something that should be said. So you're saying that you don't want to be a hypocrite. You're not preaching like sainthood. Um, 100%. <laughs> so you're keeping it true to yourself. But at the same time, your your awareness is there, and um, you're aware of the consciousness in terms of consciousness of what you're saying at all times because you have younger listeners. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preach things that are not true to me. But at the same time, I'm gonna just like be aware of the impact that that my music can have. Yeah, man, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I could get behind that. Yeah, that's what we need, man. Because <laughs> you've discovered that there are some people who will sing about one thing but their lifestyle is a different thing you know whether it whether they're singing about something bad or good you know i mean their their like true life is the opposite exactly (laughs) so (laughs) exactly so you know we want to stay away from that if possible you know what i'm saying yeah definitely man so before this show you know before doing research i I was only aware of pine and ginger and Mm. i could say from what i've heard so far man you know you definitely got a fan in me you know this old man (laughs) (laughs) so you know i look forward to definitely hearing a lot more from you and you know definitely want to see what you can do in terms of uh your production too i want to i want to hear some of that as well you know i know you say you produce most of your tracks But you know, I, I you know I like the fact that you're multi talented. You definitely are an artist plus you know producer, and you know you know the fundamentals. And 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 it seems like you're you're learning the business. So I appreciate it. You know. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Definitely trying to just yeah, move forward. Keep keep learning in all ways. Business, music, life. Uh, just like push out the best content I can 
and just kind of be the best artist and person that I can in the moment, for sure. Well, we are grateful. Thank you for joining Reggae Lover, and we hope to have you back once the new project is released. Most you definitely. know, maybe in between the next two EPs or after the next two or three. You know, what I mean, we can have you back and and check in. Definitely, man. Thanks for having me. It was it was great talking to you guys. I, I love talking to people who really like. You know, we can have a. And you know, I do all types of interviews, and some of them are just like, oh, like, like, who are you? Where were you born? What's your song? Okay, great. You get me? But I love having like an actual, like, you know, intelligent discussion, like where we can really go back and forth and, and talk about some viewpoints and some deeper things. So it's much appreciated. And I definitely look forward to coming back on with you guys once some more stuff is out. Bless you, and Stay stay safe. Blessings. You know what I'm saying? Stay, stay healthy, man. Likewise, man. Likewise. Crazy out here. But yeah, appreciate that. Where can fans, you know, or anybody listening right now, how can they get in t- touch with you, IG and all those things? Yeah, for sure. So um, most of my main updates come on IG. Um, so that's at Test Vibe, T-E-S-S-V-I-B-E. And from there, you can find links to all my other platforms, all the music on Spotify, Apple, everything else. So you can just tap in there for sure. Great, man. Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Give thanks. Likewise, man. Tessellated. Again, Agard said, I'm not interview this. I reasoning. We did our reason and converse, you know? Yeah. Shout out to Tessellated. Definitely good energy. And I like the fact that, you know, he uses a lot of different influences in his tracks and his songs. You know, jazz, Afro, Caribbean, Jamaican, all of these different things. So, you know, check out his stuff on Spotify and other platforms. I was pleasantly surprised and I will be playing some of his music when uh, when I DJ again. That's right. And we'll be continuing to feature the best and the, so the brightest stars. Last couple of weeks, you know, you've heard some of the, the youth out of J.A., right now that are really bringing the, the fresh sounds and, and the dopeness so of course regulover.com is where you can find the source for everything check out the links there and this is a dedication to reggae lovers worldwide peace reggae lover podcast was produced by andres agard and aubrey khalil agard Visit ReggaeLover.com for full show notes, archives, and more information. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at ReggaeLover.com. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash Podcast. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors i tell you what i was listening to an audiobook about bob marley on audible entitled so much things to say mm-hmm. it's an oral history written and performed by roger stephens he spent time down in jamaica interviewing everybody including marley and everybody that was around him so i'm talking rita marley skill cole film crews that were down filming him you know all the members of the whalers he's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows he put all this information into a book what's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience quoting Peter bunny the incidents happened with bob getting shot the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage and so you really get the excitement the energy of what is going on 
that book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley.